calling it a blizzard of giving, last week for two and a half days, over 900 people paid the tab of the vehicle behind them at a Dairy Queen in Minnesota. Seems pretty unbelievable, doesn't it? Over 900 people for two and a half days. But then again, most things seem pretty unbelievable this year. And if we think about it, just how hard this year has been, it makes a little sense, especially among the holiday season. We're all searching for something. We need to feel again, feel connected. The goodness of humanity, the grace and mercy and the love. We need to know that we aren't alone in a time where we so often feel disconnected from one another. Families and friends not being able to gather as usual. Thanksgiving was limited in number for many. Families are already debating the safety aspects of Christmas, some quarantining now so they can gather then. We are missing more than just a sense of normalcy. We're missing connections missing time spent with loved ones, or even those we have no clue who they are, the strangers on the street, the bus or the train, the regulars we would see even if we had no idea what their name was. Now, months later, we are wondering how they're doing, the ones we wouldn't have necessarily thought twice about before. The stranger walking by with their dog, the same few cars that we'd see on our commute, or the professional sitting at the head of the bus or the train. The other regulars who get their hair or nails done at the same time as you. Now we are left wondering if we'll see them again along with everyone else we love on a regular or at least semi-regular basis. We're all pretty lonely, that's for sure. <clears throat> There's fears of depression rates and suicide rates rising, worries that those who can't get to recovery meetings might fall into relapse. There's concerns for kids falling behind in school, and not just math or social studies, but in the social aspects of learning, too. We are connectional society. We are connectional beings. It is in us, a part of our DNA. It is how God created us in the image of God, or as Genesis 1 puts it, made in our image, made in the communal image of our triune God. Perhaps this is why God not only calls us over and over and over and over again to live in community, but reminds us constantly that we're not alone, that God is with us. God shows up to Hagar in Genesis as she runs away from Abraham and Sarah, telling her she isn't alone, that God sees her, hears her. God will be with her and her soon-to-be son. Or the odd wrestling with Jacob in the middle of the night, a sure sign God is with him. Joseph and his numerous dreams, Moses and the burning bush, Israelite Israel in the desert for 40 years, and God guiding them to the promised land. With many different moving pieces and people interacting with God along the way, 
all the way down to David, the great king of Israel, whom God reminds when David insists that he should build God a house. Here I am in this house of cedar, and God is in a tabernacle. I must build him a house, he insists. But God responds, do I need a house? Haven't I been with you all along the way? Every step, wherever you were, wherever you went, wherever you're going, I was there. Similar words are spoken to Mary when the angel of the Lord Gabriel appears. The angel says, the Lord is with you. Perhaps these are reminders we all need along the way. The Lord is with us every step of the journey, wherever we go. Perhaps this is the whole reason God came down in Jesus Christ our Lord, Emmanuel, literally means God with us. We aren't alone. God is with us. From the very beginning with Adam and Eve, Sarah, Abraham and Hagar, to David, to Mary, to Jesus, to Jesus being born and walking among us, becoming one of us, in solidarity, walking, feeling, living, experiencing. God came down, entered our world in full solidarity with us. Think about that for a moment. In solidarity with us. With God's people, with their plight, their hurts, their wants, their needs, their pains, their whole lives. Love came down. Solidarity is an act of love. The word solidarity comes from the Latin word solidum, meaning the whole sum, like the whole sum of an equation. God came down to enter this world fully divine, fully human, to experience the whole sum of our lives and to teach us how to live in solidarity, to live out acts of love with and for and to others. For this is Jesus' whole life, one giant act of love through solidarity. He calls the disciples to be fishers of people, showing them exactly what it means as he teaches, heals, preaches, and proclaims the good news of God. Healing the blind, the lame, the lepers, the man with the withered hand, and the woman bleeding for 12 years. These people who would have been ostracized from their community, living on the margins literally on the outskirts of town. They wouldn't have been allowed to engage in much community living inside the city gates, wouldn't be allowed to enter the temple or have any sort of sustainable support system. In solidarity, though, Jesus sees them, loves them, heals them, makes a way for them to be brought back fully into community solidarity. 
Jesus teaches about taxes and tax collectors and others who are viewed as enemies or cheaters or those who align themselves with Rome over God. He twists and turns people's views on Samaritans, sworn enemies, and preaches scriptures in a way that some have never heard before, getting back to the heart of it, the heart of God. All in solidarity to bring God's people, the whole world God so loves, together into community, in community with God. Starting always with those on the margins, the ostracized, pressed, shamed, ridiculed, mocked, and poor. The ones God has always held a special place for, in solidarity, in the heart of God. So what might solidarity, these acts of love, look like today? Where is Jesus standing in solidarity? Where is God calling us to join in? To show people they aren't alone, that God is indeed here. God is with us. As we strive to be the hands and feet, the body of Christ our Lord. Perhaps Jesus is in solidarity with those whose stories we don't always or often hear, the ones that get pushed aside, the ones we sometimes shut out. Jesus is in conversation with the Samaritan woman at the well, or the Canaanite woman asking for her daughter to be healed, or listening to the blind man when everyone else insists that he just be quiet. Shut up already, they tell him. But Jesus listens. Perhaps Jesus is standing in solidarity, wearing a mask as an act of loving neighbors, especially the most vulnerable, standing in solidarity with those working the front lines and the hospitals and the, all the ICU units, like when Jesus heals Jairus' daughter or the centurion's servant or the synagogue leader's daughter, seeing their acts of faith, their devotion, and their love as they do everything that they can to care for those around them. Or when the friends cut open the roof to get their paralyzed buddy in to heal Jesus, he doesn't send them away, but rather stands in solidarity and provides healing, telling the man to walk again. Perhaps Jesus is standing in solidarity with the vulnerable, offering up his own vulnerability, in Jesus' deep and intimate conversations with the disciples, washing their feet at the Last Supper, weeping over Lazarus, weeping for Jerusalem, asking the cup to be passed over him, even showing his frustration at the disciples falling asleep and often not understanding much of what's going on around them, sharing his real, deep, and honest emotions. Or standing in solidarity with those living in fear or the lonely, the heartbroken, the terrified, taking on death on the cross and rising to new life, standing in solidarity with Mary in the garden as she weeps, letting her feel and share those deep, raw emotions before he opens her eyes, standing in solidarity with Thomas, allowing him to feel the marks on his hands and side, giving him what he needs to believe, to understand, for his eyes to be opened 
and for him to no longer be afraid. Perhaps he learned of this standing in solidarity as he heard the stories of Mary and Elizabeth sharing their solidarity together, their pregnancies, the fears that they had and the hopes and the joys. As Elizabeth proclaims, as we saw last week, the goodness in Mary's womb, the goodness of Jesus. colleague recently shared a story with me. She told me when they were in high school, a good friend of her brother's, Hitch, his mother had died. She said he wasn't the most popular guy. She said that was for sure. He wasn't necessarily well known, but people knew who he was. But on his first day back from school after his mother's death, almost the whole school showed up wearing neon orange his favorite color. His friends had put the word out to get as many people as possible to show Hitch they were standing with him, showing him that he wasn't alone. This beautiful act of solidarity, this beautiful act of community, this glimpse of the kingdom of heaven, this glimpse of what it looks like that God is with us we are not alone when we live in community. For God is always with us as we truly strive to live in community, in solidarity, in acts of love to each other, to our neighbors, to the whole world. Amen.